You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, of course, myself, Dave Sturchio, and one of the premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis, on assignment right now. Uh, it is the summer after all. He's a kid. He's allowed to go out and play in the pool, right? Is that what we're doing now? Uh, Aiden will be back next week. He had to take care of some obligations tonight, uh, but you got myself, Sturch. And of course, uh, Tony, the paisans of this group of this this trio here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network for another big installment. I mean, look, it's it's right in the middle of the most busy time of the off season, and when I say that, I mean <laughs> with ain't nothing going on. Tony, how you been though? Hey, listen, you know, I was I posted on my Instagram yesterday, like it was just a a video of Dak Prescott dropping a dime on the Patriots, and I'm like. Man, I'm getting the itch back. <clears throat> I'm getting the itch back. I'm ready for some football here. So we are in the dog days of the summer as far as football goes, and we do have a mandatory mini camp coming up here soon. So we'll get we'll be able to scratch that itch. But yeah, you're right. There's not much going on right now. No, there's not. The only thing we got is hopes and dreams at this moment, and uh, you know we're we're heading into an off season where, believe it or not, you know it actually came out the other day. I haven't really checked on it as far as any of the official pages, but it looks to me that the Lyle Collins money just hit the books or came off the books, or we got that money back rather. Um, and we're looking at it to be sitting at around close to $24 million in space. Now we've obviously been down this road where we've had money, you know, it's been sitting in the bank, you know, it doesn't accrue any interest. You know, this isn't a, a bank account or a 401k, Tony, do you have any aspirations of any more talent acquisitions with this front office, the way it's been operating? Do you think there's a shred that we can bring a veteran or two in to compete for some legitimate spots? Because, look, you look at this roster right now and it's while it's great, you know, it, well, I don't say great, but while it's good and we have some really good key players in certain positions. There are guys out there that I know can make this team better. Do you have your eye on any of them? And even if you do, do you think it's a possibility that we even grab them? You know, it's funny you say that. And uh, I want to give a little shout out to a, a friend of the show, Dave Hellman. Dave Hellman said earlier uh, this week, he's like, the money's there and they can improve this roster if they want to. And that's me kind of like summing up what he said. And that wasn't exactly what he said, but you know, yeah, I would like to see them fix some holes. I think the whole plan was for them to to do enough that they could draft freely. And I say that with air quotes, let them pick who they wanted, let the board fall to them, even though we feel like they may have, you know, made some picks based on need there. But now that the, the roster has been put together, we have some money that is now come available to us a la, a la Collins situation. And now there is no um, draft 
compensation, you know, formula that is tied into free agency. Now, I think they should go out there and uh, make and make some pickups, whether it be a linebacker that is being linked to us here, you know, whether it be maybe another wide receiver that can help, the, you know, soften the blow of Michael Gallup. So there are definitely some uh, position groups that could be uh, could be could be upgraded a little bit. And the Cowboys definitely have the money to do so. Now, don't leave us hanging. Do you have what, what, am I missing something? Is there is there somebody so, being linked to us? So the Cowboys, a, a couple times over this offseason, has been linked to Anthony Barr. Okay. And I think it's it's more like speculation than anything real and concrete, but I think that would be an improvement. And, you know, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. We'll see if anything comes of it. Yeah, I think if I if I had to just kind of put my finger on what I think the Cowboys can add right now, um, while I do like and respect what James Washington can bring to the wide receiving core, and I do expect cool things right off the rip uh from uh, from a guy like Jalen Tolbert and then obviously the Gallup situation we got to kind of wait and see CD Lamb is our number one now there's got to be another guy I think there has to be look Noah Brown's on the roster but when does Noah Brown really excite you Noah Brown has been known to you know be in there to to lay the wood or and like run specific routes he's not as versatile as somebody else there's one name that I've been saying and I've kind of been banging the drum over uh, and that's T.Y. Hilton. I, mm. I got this like just this inkling feeling that a guy like T.Y. Hilton or even a guy like Will Fuller, you know, like yes. there's there's guys out there that could improve this team right away. And, you know, obviously, you know, you wouldn't see Dak Prescott complaining about any of this. You know what I mean? Adding right. any kind of talent on the offensive side of the ball would be a a, a pleasure. Um, I definitely on board with Andy Bar Anthony Barr. I uh I wanted to draft him the year he came out. I was mm. big on Anthony Barr when he came out of college, uh, and it just missed the boat. And then he did the okie doke with the Jets, and I thought for sure that like <laughs> I was like, oh wow, all right, maybe we have a chance to even grab him now. And that was a couple years back. So obviously Anthony Barr is a couple years older, and we don't really know what he's. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't have anything left in the tank, but when you look at that linebacker core, and you want to be able to kind of float Micah wherever you want to put him. You're going to need some other guys back there and LVE and maybe a returning Jabril Cox. And I know they addressed it in the draft, but you know, an Anthony Barr would be a pleasant addition uh, to this defense. And I think Dan Quinn would have a lot of fun with them. Absolutely. So. I think, I think Anthony Barr, I mean, looking at our, like you said, linebacker position, it's Micah Parsons. It's, you know, Give us the best shot you got, Leighton Van Der He's on a one-year deal. Jabril Cox coming off an ACL injury. Then you're looking at like Luke Gifford, and you know there's some guys there. So the linebacker position is a is a sneaky need, and you know, and like, and it, it's one of those places and one of those positions where it could be a one-year stop guy. You know, if Anthony Barr is that guy and come out and eject a little bit, I mean, almost what they tried to do with Ken O'Neill. I don't think the Ken O'Neill experiment really worked out that too was, well. Yeah, that was a that was a project that was just didn't. I don't Didn't know. I'm out. not a big fan of these projects anymore. You know, like, oh, right, we're going to bring right. him in, change his whole life. <laughs> it's like, mm -mm, no, I'm all Something right. Something he's never done before. Get right. him in there, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. So in that discussion, you know, obviously there, there's pipe dreams of bringing specific guys onto the roster. And when you look at this roster up and down, there are leaders on this team that you're going to be relying on. There's two guys entering their seventh year, which, believe it or not, that makes us feel older and older. You know, Zeke mm -hmm. and Dacker are entering their seventh year of operation under the Dallas Cowboys banner. Um, if you look at this season or this team as a whole, is there anybody that, you know, that you're counting on the most to try to 
bring it all together? Is it the obvious? Is it QB1? You know what I mean? Or is it like other guys that are just like, all right, if this guy brings his A game the entire time, you know, this team will be a lot better off than they were last year. Does anybody kind of jump off the charts? You know, the easy, like you said, the layup is Dak Prescott, right? This is a league that is so predicated on on QB play. And if you don't have great QB play, you better have great everything else around you. So, I mean, the easy layup is saying Dak Prescott, but it's, I almost look at, you know, if I can do a part A and part B, it would be how does Trayvon Diggs and how does Micah Parsons come off of this year, right? Because it's almost like, We've all kind of expected some type of regression to the mean here with these guys, but 12 wins and these guys balled out of their minds right now. What does Micah Parsons year two look like? What does Trayvon Diggs look like in year three with some comfortability? It's going to be really important on those defense because if the two best players on that defense kind of regress back to mean, like I said, the, the defense that you would think would do the same, right? Because they're going to expect some type of level because they were the ones that were, you know, bringing the energy, bringing the turnovers and stuff. So I think it's a huge season for those two key guys. And we'll kind of see how that goes, but, you know, putting a little more pressure on them than we probably have to here. Yeah. Like I said, the, the layup answer w- would be Dak um, because again, you know, can he do it without a guy like Amari Cooper? You know what I mean? Can he do it? We've seen what he can do without Amari Cooper before he got here, and it was just kind of like, oh, I don't know about all this, right? So it's it's really up to CD and, and those guys to make those next steps. One guy you didn't bring up, and it's one, you know, there's obvious answers, and let's see what Micah could do. Let's see what Trayvon could do, right? There's a little bit of a, a playful banter between two play, uh, two players on that defensive side of the ball right now, and it's between Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Now, Demarcus Lawrence says, He's coming after that sack leader title, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm relying on Demarcus Lawrence this year to not only stay healthy, because last year, again, we were without him for quite some time, right? I need Demarcus Lawrence to be the dog that we know he can be, because if he plays well and he opens up that other side, and or, or even, you know, imagine somebody right behind Lawrence coming in that way. You know what I mean? Like, that, that could be absolutely explosive on the defensive side of the ball. This game is all predicated on getting to the passer. That's just the way it is. That's the way this game turned into because the game itself turned into a passing league. So now if you have a quarterback who could sit back there and enjoy himself, have a drink or two before he throws the ball, you know what I mean? Just sit back and relax. They're going to dice you up no matter who is covering. I don't care how good Trayvon Diggs. I don't care how good Jalen Ramsey is. You know what I mean? Like if they got time, you can only cover for so much. So with that, I think I'm relying on Demarcus Lawrence this year to bring it. Um, give Micah Parsons more fr- uh, flexibility because opposite of D-Law, you have your Armstrongs, you have your Dante Fowlers, you have these, you know, these these guys, these role-playing defensive ends that could play that position, and that alone would allow Micah to have a successful year too because if you put all the pressure on Micah Parsons right now to just be this all-world player, right? You'd be like, hey, man, you blew it up in the first year. We're going to need you like to be better than that this year for us to get that. That's not That's not a good pressure to put on a kid. No, absolutely. And I, I, you know, it's oftentimes like anything else with Demarcus Lawrence, he is like the forgotten one. He's just the guy that ho-hum goes and does his job. And, um, you know, if the sack numbers aren't there, I'm not really, I think we were both in the camp of who cares, like the production oh, yeah. he does, everything else is like, it's off the chart. So a hundred percent, that's a great pick because Demarcus Lawrence really is this heart and soul of this team. And Michael Parsons is slowly turning into that. So just having two dogs on that defense can really help this team. Yeah. I mean, and, and another guy, that I, look, you know, we make a lot of uh, make a lot of jokes on my uh, on my daily show with Chop Sports about my 
my just undying loyalty to a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. You know, just like I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to bat for him day in and day out. You know, we're talking fantasy numbers. We're talking like, oh, you know, he's not even a top 50 back. I'm like, I'm losing my mind. Like, this is insane to me that Ezekiel or top 50 player rather not the top 50 back. But even if like falling out of the top, like 15, 20 of running backs, I'm relying now on Zeke Elliott to not only I'm not saying carry my fantasy team because I don't know if I'm going to grab him in any of my leagues anyway. But like I'm looking at Zeke in year seven in a year where everybody kind of knows the writings on the wall now with Ezekiel Elliott. It's been documented. It's been talked about. Stephen Jones has come out and says, well, Zeke makes a lot of money. Like they almost are are, are throwing these bits and pieces out, showing you like, mm, we screwed up with this contract, right? Like we, we kind of messed up by giving them all this money. Zeke is going to have to make everybody eat their words this year, right? The The passing game is one thing. We all think that it's a, you know, it's a passing league. But to set up that pass is to really run the rock really well. And everybody's talking about Tony Pollard and how many more carries you should get, this, that, and the third. But if I'm really looking at it, I'm looking at Ezekiel Elliott right now in a make-or-break type season. I mean, do you think that he's going to, like, for a guy like Zeke, do you think that kind of, uh, when I say make-or-break, like, he probably won't be a Dallas Cowboy next year if if things go south. Do you feel like he embraces that, or you feel like he's going to kind of, car- like, not, not crawl under a rock under the pressure, but... Do we have? Does he have what it takes? Really, is the long-winded question here. Does Does Ezekiel Elliott have what it takes to rely on him this year? You know, it's a it's a shameless plug by me, but I'll do it anyway. I wrote an article last week about how I think this could be plug your stuff, Tony. That's (laughs) (laughs) shameless plug here. But I I was I wrote an article about Ezekiel Elliott and how this year could be a massive year for him. I mean, just looking at the numbers, right? I think we would both agree, and I think anybody with two eyes could agree. The first month of the season, he looked like that fresh you know, spruce running back that was mm-hmm. still running, punishing, and he was still, and he was showing athleticism. And, you know, it just looked like it was really going to be his revenge tour. Now you do stuff to your knee, especially as a running back, it's going to limit you. But what you look at is he played with a partially torn PCL for 13 weeks, right? And Incredible. still finished top seven in Russian. So think about that. Like he was still a top seven and statistically he had 12 total touchdowns. He had a thousand rushing yards, which again, we know means less now because of the extra extra game. But, you know, we're talking about a thousand yard rusher, 12 touchdowns and a guy who did it all on a torn uh, PCL. So I have high aspirations. I have high hopes for Ezekiel Elliott. That's beyond a fan. That's just me being analytical numbers knowing what the kid looked like knowing what he can be like so i i don't think he's gonna you know shy under any pressure here i think he i think he just needs to stay healthy which is really hard in that position and is why people feel the way they feel about running back as a whole but i think a lot of people's issues with ezekiel Elliott has nothing to do with him as a player and it has everything to do with the contract and at the end of the day you can't get mad of a guy going to get his money he did what was best for him financially at a position in a sport that is like these guys have such a short window of opportunity. You got to go and get that money. End of the day, put the money aside. This is still a top tier running back. And I still, and I'm right there with you. I think this year could be one of those years where, like, oh, that's Ezekiel Elliott. That's what we've been robbed of over the last two years. His health took it from him. And I think he's highly motivated this season. Yeah. People forgot that, like, during even the, the COVID year, the guy had COVID. You know what I mean? So, like, right. there's multiple things that have, have played against Ezekiel Elliott. And I think. That, you know, first of all, 
If you're somebody who goes out there time and time again and complains or even talks about somebody else's dollars, that then you're just in the wrong right away. You have no right, right to talk about another man's money, first of all. Second of all, you know, the you're right. He has to get the bag. You've got to get your bag. When like the life expectancy of a running back is like three years now at this point, right? We just had somebody retire last week in Frank Gore. Guy played 16 seasons. You know what you I mean? Don't That's see not, it anymore. It's not yeah. heard of. That's not nope. heard of. So do I think Zeke Elliott's going to play that long? I don't know because of the, the style that he plays. But being that, like, yeah, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to say, oh, well, you know, Zeke's in the best shape of his life. And, you know, Zeke looks slimmer and Zeke looks this and Zeke looks that. And it's all OTAs, right? It's all it's all practices. It's all like I, I don't put too much stock into that. I saw some guy the other day tweet out something like, oh, Zach Wilson looks uh, inaccurate in OTAs. I'm like, uh-oh, you know, like, wait a minute. This is fucking, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's OTAs, you know what I mean? Like, everybody calm down. I'm not even deleting that, by the way. I'm just going to let it fly. Uh, not, <laughs> I just I just don't understand the, the constant berating of somebody because of a contract in now, you know, the market sets itself. The market dictates itself. Dak Prescott, did he deserve all of that money? Probably not based off the success, but that's the way the market dictated it. And that goes and so on and so forth. And now Dak Prescott's contract in about a year and a half from now, he's going to be like the seventh or eighth highest paid quarterback in the league. So everybody calm down with the money. That's what people just don't understand is that you are worth whatever you get paid. That's what your value is. You, you can't pay so-and-so that amount of money. He's not worth it. He's worth whatever the agent and the team can hammer out. And guess what? It'll look crazy for two days. And then the next guy, do you remember when Des Bryant got a contract and then like the next hour, Demarius Thomas beat him by like whatever it was. It was just like, like a dollar. Yeah, he had the, yeah, it was like, exactly. It's like, you guys don't understand that these are just bargaining chips. Money is about to explode in the NFL in the next year or two. So like everybody's got to relax. As you can, Elliott's deal, top five and running and running backs, whatever. I still think he's a top five running back. Eventually, you get what are you not going to pay him? Like, and, and then what? You know what I mean? So it's you and even I don't think Tony Pollard was even in the conversation at that point in time. So revisionist history, I'm not for it. He got his money. He's still a, a heart and soul of this offense. He's a guy that they lean on, and it's all about beyond the X's and O's. The way we feel about Demarcus Lawrence is how I feel about Ezekiel Elliott. All the stuff that isn't stat stuffing, all the stuff that is you know intangibles, he's all that. So I'm I'm a big Ezekiel Elliott fan. Yeah, I mean, I constantly get, uh, you know, comments uh, on the daily show that I do about how he's the one. Of, he's a he's a top paid guard in the league. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like he <laughs> does a lot of pass blocking, does a lot of run block. You know, and I'm just, like, like, just first of all, get off him already. It's annoying. It's it's tedious. It's redundant. Uh, but I, I'm a firm believer in Zeke. I think this creates a very very healthy competition between him and Tony Pollard. Now, how they're being used. That's another story. We'll kind of get into that in a second because I do have a second topic I want to bring up. It's not all sunshine and rainbows with the Cowboys. You know that. You know how this works. <laughs> uh, but, like, for 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 Zeke and Pollard to go head-to-head all year long, I think that that poses very well for both of them because, look, Tony Pollard's going to get paid too, and we're going to have a decision to make as to who we pay because you can't have two running backs with making, like, over $10 million a year. That just doesn't happen. There's, there's no, no position – in, in football, outside of maybe offensive line, you could talk about a couple guys making, you know, I'm talking into the tens, $11 million, anything more than $10 million a year. But like running backs, you can't have a two-headed monster with that price tag. You just can't. It's just not going to work. So it's it's interesting, but it's also, to me, I think it's very inspiring that like if Tony Pollard is going to want to get paid either here or somewhere else, 
he's going to have the ball on every single opportunity that he gets with the Cowboys. So, Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, well, and that's the thing. Like, it can work for both of them. Ezekiel Elliott serves a purpose on this team that is very useful and, and can and work very well for this team in the same manner that Tony Pollard can be used in a multitude of different ways. You can traditionally hand Tony Pollard the football and let him do his thing, or you can get fancy like Debo Samuel Light and do those type of things. They both have a role in this team. They both should get double-digit touches every game. And at the end of the day, the realistic possibility for Cowboys fans, and I'm not breaking news here, is – they could both be gone next year. We could both we could be sitting there with an entirely new running back backfield by next year. And and like so we just gotta understand what is here, what is in front of us, and just you know appreciate what could very well be the last season of one or both. I was just gonna say it's time to start appreciating what we have because boy oh boy, there's a very good possibility that one of them are gone, but there's also that slim possibility that both are gone. So if you want to cash in on your on your, you know. Your team accolades, the window is very, very tight. It's about from the window is now from June 5th as we record this till about February of next year. Because if that doesn't get done, they're not going to get done. You know, I'm super just kind of break off the topic here. I'm super interested. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but I don't know what the relationship between Dak and Amari Cooper is, but he's gone. And then if the next year, let's say his best friend in the world, Ezekiel Elliott, is gone, I wonder where the team sits in that situation where like, okay, Dak, we're going to give you a little more say here. We're going to lose your best receiver and you're going to lose your best friend. Good luck. That's, you know, that's a really good point because, yeah, you, you took away wide receiver one. But I think Dak is a, a kind of guy that adjusts well. Like when he came into the league and you still had Des Bryant kind of floating around, you lost Des Bryant, and he was just like, all right, whatever. You know, we'll be all right. right. We'll be all right, you know. So you lose Amari Cooper, and you might be looking at this team midway through the season, and you're like, wow, you know, these receivers are really, you know, they're Dak spreading the ball around better. Like, this mm-hmm. could be a good thing. We might, you know, I, I don't want to say that right away because you truly don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's a, great, it's a great point. And that's why I think that despite the money and despite what he's making right now, if for whatever reason Zeke has uh, – 
let's just say similar numbers to last year. I don't know if that's good enough to warrant the contract that he's going to be making the following year with the Cowboys. So that's mm-hmm. why I say potentially walks out the door or potentially takes a pay cut to st- stick in Dallas because what team is going to become barking down for an eighth year running back that just doesn't seem to be bringing it anymore. So when the yeah. set, you know, people, you know, I try to put everything in perspective here is he had the least amount of rushes he's ever had in his entire career. Like it, I don't care if there was 17 games, there's an extra game. It was still the least amount of touches he's ever had. And he had double digit touchdowns and he still hit a thousand yard rushing. It, it, did it look great at times? No. Did he have a big bulky knee and he was injured and he was banged up a lot more? Sure. But the, there's still talent there and we could still use this guy. So I'm, I think we're the leader of the fan club here. Cause I think yeah. he could really help this team. I agree. I agree. There's actually a, uh, Right behind me, there's a Zeke fathead on my uh, on my ceiling up here in my man cave. So uh, that's that's he's my guy. He's my guy. It's only I have two fatheads behind me: one Zeke, one Jason Witten. So those are my guys. So now look, we're all sunshine and rainbows right now, saying, "Oh, you know, the account we just add this, there'll be this, and we're you know we're going to be rocking and rolling when it comes season time." If for whatever reason, now it the, the Cowboys are coming off a twelve and five, dominating a division win or a division title rather, right? They get to the playoffs. We all know what happens, right? We They fall flat. They, they get punched in the face from the 49ers and the rest is history. This Cowboys team is, is as hyped as you can possibly get them. It could go wrong. It, it there's could go wrong. Like there's just, there's too much of the unknown in June when you're looking at the roster up and down. You're like, well, oh, I don't, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. If the Cowboys season, I don't know what we can consider a failed season. I guess not winning the division. Uh, that would be a complete failure to me because I'm looking at Philly. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's jumping down Philly's throat right now and say, "Oh, you know, look at them. Here they come." I'm like, just like, mm, okay, pump the brakes on that. And then the Giants, like, ooh, new regime. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Daniel Jones still your quarterback. Uh, you know, so I'm just like, yeah, that's the big. And then the Commanders are like, we got a new team name, and I'm like, you got it still the same owner. So you guys still think. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not really concerned about those guys. But if and that's a big if. If the Cowboys can't repeat as division champions, which again, it hasn't happened for a long time for the for the division champion to go back to back years. I think it's been like, I don't know, since like 2004 or three or something like that. Yeah, it's doing it. been so a while. It's been, yeah, it's been like 20 years. Right. So if it does go wrong and we don't win a division and let's just say our record is, I don't know, 10 and seven. We dropped two games from last year or even at worst nine and eight and we don't even make the playoffs. Right. This is, I know that people are driving into work right now. They're listening to this. Like, why, why, why are you starting my Monday like this with this <laughs> hypothetical bull crap that could possibly happen? Because guess what? We have to be ready for this kind of stuff, mentally and emotionally ready for this kind of stuff. So I ask you, Tony, if this season goes south and you can't choose Mike McCarthy, all right, because everybody's like, well, it's got to be McCarthy. What is the reason why, who is the reason why this team could not, get the job done in 2022. I mean, it sounds like low hanging fruit here, but same guy that was kind of getting peppered last year. I would probably think, you know, without knowing, I would think that this offense couldn't get it done or for whatever reason. And I would look at Kellen Moore. Mm. I mean, without Amari Cooper, you know, like (laughs) they didn't really do this offense much, you know, much help here. Getting rid of Lel Collins, who I still think would be the starting right tackle, is the better of the two between Terrence Steele. We already said we lost to Mario Cooper, so they lost a wide receiver one. You're telling Dak to make chicken salad out of, you know, the rest. So it's, <laughs> you know, but that comes now, if you do that, you have 
trust and in, in, in belief in the players that are here and the play caller and the quarterback. Now I'm going to look and say, you're going to have to get more creative. You're going to have to find more ways to get Tony Pollard the ball. You're going to have to find ways to manufacture points. It won't come as easy because we have such a weird feeling about the offensive input last year or output, excuse me, is they were still number one offense in the league. Mm-hmm. We were just upset about how it, looked at times and how it shaked out at times, but they were still the statistical number one offense in the league. We're probably going to have to do that again, because we're talking about just people, like I said earlier, regressing to the mean, you know, some guys are playing out of their minds. If they don't continue to play out of their minds, somebody else is going to have to rise. So I'm going to look first and foremost at Kellen Moore. And I'm going to probably say, they probably both won't be here if we miss the playoffs. It probably wouldn't be Kellen Moore. Probably won't be, you know, Mike McCarthy. So That's an absolute, not even like a, a hypothetical. If this, if Kellen Moore is the reason to blame, that means both Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are gonzo. There's no shot in my mind that one stays without the other. And if right. it's a mid, and let's just say it goes completely wrong and it's a midseason adjustment, I can foresee, you know, Dan Quinn taking over head coaching a bit like responsibilities midway through the year and both of them getting their walking papers right away. Like if we're not scoring right. points, in the division, and I want to say in the conference, because the AFC got a whole ton of a lot better, right? The NFC, while we understand Brady came back, I'm not a firm believer. I still think the Cowboys could beat him in week one, right? So, like, I'm looking at Brady and that team, and I'm like, that's not the same team than the Bucks were even last year in week one, right? And then I'm looking at the Packers, and, like, that's cool. You got Aaron Rodgers. He still lights the world on fire, but you, you also took his best receiver – maybe the best receiver in football and, and sent him packing for a bunch of draft picks. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm looking at those two teams and I'm looking at the East and then like Kyler Murray in the West. And of course you got the returning champs and they're bound to regress a little bit. So you're looking at this conference and you're like, all right, this, this NFC, it looks to be ours for the taking. So if you can't do that with the roster that you have, and I believe they did build a significant roster around the draft Clearly, we didn't do anything in free agency. There's nothing to really write home about in free agency unless James Washington sets the world on fire. And we're like, wow, this is the best bargain of all time. But, like, I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, if if you're right, if, if Kellen Moore can't get this offense going, then then he's the one that we're all going to point the finger. But if now, if you, if you take the coaching out of it, if you take coaching out of it, like, we're both in unison. We're saying, like, if this season goes wrong, it's because Kellen Moore couldn't get the right plays called, and it just it didn't work statistically like stats they usually don't lie this would lie <laughs> you know this, this that would lie if you're statistically the number one offense again which again it could be likely you know that could be a thing right but if we can't get the job done or we dial up the wrong plays or we can't use tony pollard in the right situations or or you're using you know specific tight ends who can't really block well in the situations where they need to be blocking you know that's all falls on the offensive coordinator so we're in lockstep there is there a player that you would feel responsible to say the season went poor because this guy did not do his job. It, it comes with the position. It comes with the the notoriety. You mm-hmm. know, it's you know who's going to get smoked for mm-hmm. it. If if this team doesn't do what they need to do, they're going to look at four, and Dak Prescott's yeah. going to get blamed. I mean, you go twelve and five, have the number one offense in the league, literally hit a walk off against the Patriots and hurt himself doing it. And there's nothing he could do that could satisfy the fan base and the league as a whole. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was, you know, a pro bowler decided not to go, but he's a pro bowler. He was a guy who was, 
one of the best quarterbacks in the league, not just statistically, just by using your eyes. And he's still getting talked about this offseason. Like, can Dak win the big one? Can you know? Can he do this? I feel like we're in the Romo age again, and it's yeah, it's, it's like tough. Groundhog Day. <laughs> it really is. It's so sad because that's. You know, I guess, like I said, it comes with the position. So if they're going to look at anybody, they're going to look at Dak Prescott and you're going to hear all these corny NFC East, you know, fan bases, you know, come at Dak Prescott. I would take Daniel Jones over him. I'll take Jalen Hurts over him. No, you won't. Stop the nonsense. Okay, let's just let's stop this nonsense. But but yeah, to answer your question, they, they're going to look at four. I don't know who else they would look at if, you know, if. If Mike McCarthy loses his job, if Kellen Moore loses his job, Dan Quinn gets their promotion, they're going to be like, well, you know, the team couldn't get it done with Dak Prescott again, and we're going to be sitting here doing this whole offseason BS again. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm worried with you there. I mean, this it's hard for me to even think about another player uh, that you would be like, man, I can't believe Demarcus Lawrence didn't have that many sacks. That's the reason why we stunk. You know what I mean? Like, that's not yeah. it. It's yeah. all rides and dies with the quarterback position. And, you know, Dak Prescott, again, entering year seven already, which, again, seems like unbelievable. Like, it's just Insane. yesterday. I feel like he was just starting for his first time ever. Crazy. And we've been riding with him just as long. I'm trying to think of Romo's career. Romo came in in 2007, and then he went to about 2015. So, like, so eight years there. So we're almost at that Romo era, Crazy, you know, or, right. or that Romo range in, in, in time spent as a Cowboy. And look, the money's there. the The bag has been secured. The money actually even hurts more down the line because of the the way it's structured. You know, this is the way we wanted to do it, so that's how they did it. Um, you know, so it, it really will, really will, fall on uh, on Dak Prescott's shoulders here. And again, you took away his number one guy um, in hopes that you drafted his number one guy a couple years back. You know, and that's what I said right off the rip. And matter of fact, last year before the season started, I said by week six, CD Lamb's wide receiver one. That's what I said, you know. But like, then of course, CD has a regressed year. You know what I mean? You're like, oh my god, you know. And there's a couple things, a couple shining moments where he did great. Nobody right now, me or you, at least, I'm not saying nobody, but we're not really talking about Michael Gallup on how good this guy could be once he's back healthy, right? So that's great, opens up everything else. But it's all about the guy delivering the ball to these guys. So like, we can't get hyped about receivers or tight ends, or even running backs out of the backfield. We can't get excited about any of that without talking about Dak Prescott. You know, the, the offensive line took a hit. We drafted one in the first round, right? We drafted another one. We're going to move Terrence Steele here. We're going to put him at left guard here, blah, 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 blah. All this shuffling, you would hope they bring on the best five, right? Whoever that may be when September rolls around. And, you know, you, you got to hope, hope for health because Dak Prescott is only as good if his offensive line is upright. Right. So that's that's the big the big factor here. But ultimately, I'm agreeing with you here. I think it, I think it falls on four. And you said and you mentioned health and, you know, not to you know put this out there, but Dax had his own little, you know, his own little problems with health. You know, it'd be the ankle, it'd be the shoulder, it'd be, you know, whatever this or that. So, like you said, he's not the young spry chicken anymore. Seven years into the league, he's you know, he's a veteran. He's I mean, we have the me and Dak have the same birthday. And I'm like two years old. Right? So I, yeah, we both born July 29th. So nice. I'm I'm turning 31. He's turning 29. He's he's not the young 23, 24 year old anymore. So I'm not saying he's out of his prime. I'm not saying he's you know going anywhere. He's going to regress. But you keep in mind that 30 number is different for quarterbacks. And you know with medicine and health and stuff, things are changing. But the time's clicking. And Father Time is undefeated unless your name is Tom Brady. So nah, you know, Tom Brady. 
you say that, I think I think I think Father Time fights back this year. <laughs> I really do. I, I've been saying that for so many years, and that's why I thought we'd win last year. That's why I think we're going to win this year. So. Yeah, no, I think Father Time is finally going to just he'll 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 take some jabs from Tom Brady, but overall, I think the right hook is going to land flush on his jaw. Undefeated, we'll yeah, never lost. <laughs> time, time, and uh, yeah, Father Time's undefeated. I mean, it's that seems to be the record. It feels like it's like Goldberg started ninety six, um, <laughs> but anyway. So obviously, you know the 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 season is very still feels like miles away. Um, but again, you would hope that with mini camps coming up, mandatory stuff, getting those guys out there, the installs happened already. People are learning the offense. You know, no big stories that have popped out per se as far as anything else. I mean, a couple things about Ferguson, the tight end, where we're like, oh wow, you know, he's flashy. That's great, you know, but again, we can't get too nuts about this. There ha have been a couple joint practices apparently scheduled uh, down into training camp when that happens. I'll say it again, and it never actually comes to fruition, but I would kill to get out and um, get out to Oxford. I, I would I would just kill yeah. to get out there once. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, again, it was in the cards last year. Um, but then I was just like, you know, I just, I don't know. I got busy. I started my business and just like, yeah, yeah. came to shove. I was like, I can't just leave New Jersey. Um, but look, the season will roll on the off season will roll on. Aiden will be back next week. What we're going to talk about. Well, this is the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, that the week that like kind of comes up in front of us this week, something's got to happen, right? It's right. the Cowboys, right? I mean, Naturally. it's bound to happen. So I'm sure we'll <laughs> cover that. And um, there's a whole lot more on this network, so be sure to subscribe to the entire podcast network. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review, okay? Tell us, you know, go out there and say, look, uh, I'm tired of RJ's podcast. I don't want to listen to anybody else but Dave and Tony and Aiden. That's all I want to <laughs> hear. I want to hear somebody come out there and say, these guys are the best podcast on the network. It's a competition. I understand it's a family. I understand that people are trying to, you know, they, they, they were one big happy family at Blogging the Boys, and we are. Don't get me wrong. But I'm a very competitive dude. I want to be the best of the best. I want to be number one spot. I mean, that's the reason why me and you are kicking off this week and every week, just like we do. So let's hold that number one spot. Let's hope that, you know, RJ doesn't text us on the side. Like, hey, by the way, uh, you're moving <laughs> to Wednesdays and you're going to be coming out at midnight. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But we want to thank you guys for listening again to the first and 10 podcast right here in the blogging the boys podcast network powered by sb nation for dave sturcio and tony catalina and of course aiden davis on assignment right now we'll see you guys next week